You are now listening to the I Should Have Captained podcast. It's time for Game Week 24, and I plan to captain Harry Kane. I just want to ignore it. Should have taken my own advice and just stuck my captain on Kevin De Bruyne as I intended. But a last minute change in game week 23, introducing a double game week blinded my eyes and I could just see the points. And here I went captaining Dennis. Such a waste. Should have, like that was a complete swing. Um, obviously KDB went on to get eight points and Dennis across two games got a grand total of negative one. So that gave me a double of minus two. It was such a waste. Double whammy. I lost, I took a hit to bring him in and then he gave me a negative. Just a complete waste of points all around. Anyways, not going to say much about game week 23 because I think it was abysmal for everybody all around. Um, I could have ended the game week with a wonderful point of 45, but I ended up with 33. So that's how bad one move is I brought in one player to captain him and it just ruined what was already a terrible game week. All right, let's not talk about game week 23 since, um, you know, it's just going to bring back pain. Quick thing I want to mention, the Sargents did get two goals against Watford in their in their one game for Norwich. Um, the other thing I also noticed, Luca Dean over at Aston Villa, his first assist and the clean sheet points for Aston Villa. So Luca Dean, 5.1. If you're looking at him, they've got really great fixtures. Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, and Southampton in the next coming games. So all through February into March, at least the beginning of March, Aston Villa's fixtures look very good. And Luca Dean could provide a shit ton of points. I initially had my target, but now they've shipped him off to Newcastle. So certainly consider Luca Dean if you are uh, looking in that direction. Also on the Newcastle side, now I've kept a clean sheet, Dubravka, four saves. He had two bonus points as well. If... And I say this with a big if. If Newcastle find a way to start keeping clean sheets, they've introduced Bruno Gramarash. They've also got two additional games to um, add to a double game week for Newcastle. If they start to gather points and clean sheets, Newcastle could become a place you consider for points if you're trying to become an enabler. Dubravka is 4.4. So you could enable if you're bringing in a wild card, get some points and then purchase some premium forwards who are coming back. Salah, for example, is back from Afghan and looking to feature in the Leicester game. So that could be an enabler for you there. Um, the other enabler I'm going to talk about briefly is Ryan 8 Nuri, 4.3 over at Wolves. Now, keep in mind, Wolves' fixtures are not the easiest, of course, but they're one of the best defenses in the league currently. They concede at a rate of lower than one goal a game. So... Um, Wolves, for that reason, are one of the best defenses. If you look at the last three games, they considered only two goals. So Wolves really have been keeping clean sheets. I've talked about them a little bit already in the past. Um, Wolves could be that place you go. Um, the other thing to also mention, Burnley kept two clean sheets back-to-back, one against Arsenal and the other against Watford. That could become something to think about, but not anytime soon. They play Manchester United, Liverpool next. Once from Game Week 26, they have a double game, game week in Game Week 26. Playing Brighton and Tottenham. After that, Crystal Palace, which is a sensible fixture. Chelsea difficult, but Brentford and Southampton. So after game week 25, maybe Burnley come into your mind. And if they start to keep clean sheets and become difficult to beat again, 
Maybe they survive the drop. Maybe they even give us points on the way out. Either way, something to keep an eye on. I am especially watching out for them. Over on the Spurs side, just something I want to mention because that affects my captaincy choice this week. Harry Kane played quite well, had a goal scrapped off. Um, Harry Kane is now just performing at his normal level that is expected of him. Any chance that he has, you are worried that he might score. So I've brought him in, hoping that he continues to deliver. I believe he scored something like seven goals in his last 11 games or something like that. So Harry Kane, firmly on my mind. Yeah, he scored seven goals in his last 11 matches on all comp- competition. That is in fact correct. Yep, there he is. So 29 attempts, 20 shots. Um, quite frankly, his numbers in the last six Premier League games are leading the league in all the attempts and shots. So might as well bring him in before he goes bonkers. Uh, the last thing I'm going to mention from Game 23 that I noticed, of course, United's formation is different. They won one nil against West Ham, of course. But if you notice, Bruno's role is changed a little bit. It's no longer at 4-2-2. And also, if you watched the Middlesbrough exit for Manchester United, should have won the game by far. Shouldn't have been even close or gone to penalties. But Bruno has improved in terms of his position on the field. He's now more ahead and the formation seems to suit him. So Bruno, points FC in previous seasons, uh, seems to be coming back. Ronaldo, of course, still had the lion's share of the shots. I think he had 10 shots in that game. But still, Bruno is the one, I think, of him and Ronaldo. Last thing I want to mention, actually, I said last thing last time, but let me just finally add it. Leicester defense continues to be atrocious. Currently looking like the worst defense in the league statistically. And when I look at the stats in the last four games, they've conceded 10 goals. Expecting to have conceded 12. Keep in mind, they then went on to concede four against Nottingham Forest. Part of the reason, of course, is because they don't have their defenders back. A lot of them are injured. But to add insult to injury, they still have all those defenders injured anyways. So it's not like things have suddenly improved for Leicester in terms of their defense and they've got him back players. I know Amati just got back from AFCON, but still, Fofana is still out. Evans doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. Bertrand is out. Castan is out. So that defense just looks porous and now they play Liverpool. It's going to be a disaster, I think, in my mind, but something to look out for. All right, let's get into captain choices for game week 24. On my list, I've got Kane against Southampton. Of course, I already mentioned his attacking prowess in the last six games. We've got Kevin De Bruyne against Brentford. Brentford's defense, starting off the season very, very strong, has now become one of the worst in the league. So Brentford, uh, especially at the Etihad, I am worried. So Kevin De Bruyne, I think, is the one most likely to start. Riyad Mahrez would also come on my mind. He's on penalties. He played in the game for the FA Cup and scored. And so I would have brought in Mahrez, but I'm just worried about his rotation minutes. I think Kevin De Bruyne plays, is more guaranteed to start. But... Um, if I could go Mares just to test that Pep roulette, I would, but I'm not in a mood to test Pep at this time. Jota against Leicester comes on my mind. Already talked about Leicester being one of the worst defenses in the league point blank period. Jota is the one most likely to start and finish the game. I think Salah might come on for a cameo. Klopp has said he should be available and he is raring to go, but if Klopp decides to protect him a little bit, considering that he has enough to overcome Leicester, he could just come off the bench. But I would not be surprised if Mo Salah is on the starting lineup, uh, starting sheet, yes, they're starting 11 and the starting sheet. I would be unhappy, of course, because I am holding off bringing Salah back in if he doesn't start. But I'm sure from game 25, he'll be back 
on score sheets. Mane is not back at all, just FYI, just to complete that. As my alternatives, I've got Bruno against Burnley. I know I talk about Burnley's defense improving, but I think United's firepower is just that much more impressive. Um, of course, they played Arsenal last time out, and Arsenal have lost a number of players, especially over the window with the departure of Aubameyang and not being able to bring in Valvich, who went over to Juve. Um, Burnley then went on to play Watford, who did not have Dennis. Of course, I know Dennis isn't that big a deal, but still, that's an attacker that Watford could have used against Burnley. Um, and so with those defense uh, attacks, not as sharp as they could have been against Burnley, I think maybe Burnley's defense was over-inflated in those games. But now we'll see the test of where Burnley is at against United, and if Burnley are for real. Burnley are able to hold off Manchester United, especially in United's new improved formation, then I might think we consider Burnley more significantly. After Bruno against Burnley, of course, you could go Ronaldo. Ronaldo is always a threat. He takes penalties. I'm worried that he may not take penalties anymore, though, after missing the penalty against Middlesbrough. As you remember at the beginning of the season, when Bruno missed the penalty, it then went over to Ronaldo. So now that Ronaldo's missed, maybe he might be kind enough to hand it back to Bruno, but I think we all know Ronaldo. Ronaldo is not... That's kind. Anyways, <laughs> um, Bowen against Watford. Um, Watford have kept their first clean sheet all season last game. First clean sheet. Keep in mind, obviously, it coincides with the appointment of Roy Hodgson. So Roy Hodgson is now the manager at Watford. He has never been relegated in his career at all. But um, is it too late for him to rescue Watford? We're about to find out. But still point here is that was Watford's first clean sheet certainly better defensively but again Burnley themselves did not have a bunch of players available I know Corne just got back from AFCON Veghurst is still a brand new signing over to Burnley to replace Chris Wood I believe his price at 6.5 as well to mention so it's still going to take a while for them to gel and I don't know that that was the best test for this new Watford we'll find out with West Ham Bowen being the one I think he scored 70% of his goals at home so Jared Bowen becomes the one to think about against Watford. Now, keep in mind, a bunch of these players I'm mentioning, I do have them in my team. Um, I have them as a wildcard transfer. So I've made a bunch of changes to my team. And a number of these players I've you know, taken a look at, and it just makes a ton of sense. They jump out when you look at some of the stats in terms of shots, in terms of assist potential, in terms of um, their performances at home versus away. A bunch of these players just stood out. And now, again, my worry is, of course, I will end up picking the wrong person who's going to go crazy. It might very well be Jota. It might very well be Kevin De Bruyne. Another person actually jumps out in terms of the stats when he plays is Phil Foden. But again, that rotation risk just keeps me away. Antonio got back from Jamaica and was unable to play in the FA Cup. So we will find out his condition in the coming game. And he's still the only striker. I know West Ham did try to get a new striker in, but could not get the deal over the line during the January transfer window. Final player on my list in terms of captaincy options. And this one is a little far from left field, but Odson Edward, he plays Norwich, keep in mind. Last time he played Norwich, he had a goal and two assists. Edward has also, quite frankly, been one of the better playing, uh, one of the better players in the last couple of games. He has produced three goals and four assists in his last six games. So, but keep in mind, minutes are going to be a challenge. He's been withdrawn 65 and 67 minutes in his last two matches. Um, and also Zaha and Ayu are back from AFCON. So certainly there's a lot of attacking options uh, in that Crystal Palace attack. But I think he's just the one who's been carrying the team 
But the meanwhile, while Zaha has been out off the AFCON, and I think he continues to do that, even with Zaha coming back into the team. Olisa also has done quite well and admirably well, I should mention. But still, I think Edward is the one. I know he's going to lose penalty taking back to Zaha, but still, Edward, hopefully, again, fingers crossed, things could change, but we'll see. Um, if you're considering anybody, any other players, I'm going to bring in defenders I don't want to mention. Cancelo, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Imeric Laporte. Very, very good attacking-wise, not just defensively. Now, keep in mind, of course, because they play for the two best teams in the country, defensive ability is at an all-time high. But in addition, attacking-wise, they are also very, very good. Um, Trent already has 10 assists on the season, and um, Cancelo already has eight on his side. Laporte, meanwhile, even though he's a centre-back, has three goals. Three goals, that's already his highest return of any season in the Premier League. And the season is only at game week 24. So there's still more to come from him from Laporte, 5.8. The last player I'm going to mention, of course, you cannot leave out um, Robertson. Uh, Andy Robertson also has eight assists. So he and Cancelo actually tied for assists despite playing fewer minutes. So Robertson also a monster. He is priced kindly at 7.1. Keep in mind, Alexander-Arnold is now one of the more, probably the most expensive defender I've ever seen in FPL. He's currently priced at 8.5. The highest before that that I knew of was about 7.5. Um, and even before then was 7.0. So Trent is performing at a medium, or if not a premium midfielder price, just because of his cross potential and his defensive stats. Just unbelievable. That clean sheet point. It's like having a midfielder who gets clean sheets bonus points just on real Trent. Um, I don't think I've seen anything like this. He's owned by almost 50% of the league. So Trent, just a monster, a monster um, <laughs> in FBI. I've not seen anything quite like it. All right, before we round up, let's just go quickly through some of the news that we've got um, across the press conference. So Steven Jarrett confirms Leon Bailey will not feature against Leeds. He's back in full training, um, but he's not going to be available. Bertrand Traore is on his way back from duty in the AFCON, um, Mabelos Nakamba is fit. Brentford side, Christian Eriksen, who is now back in the Premier League, you know, so happy for him to be back in football, won't be available against Manchester City on Wednesday. So he's only started training on Monday, so he's not going to be available. Man City side, Cole Palmer and Gabriel Jesus are out. The rest are all fit. Uh, Crystal Palace side, Patrick Vieira confirmed that Kuyati won't return in time to face Norwich. James McCarthy and James Tompkins are back in training. Nathan Ferguson has had a step back, so that's not available. Jurgen Klopp, Mo is now back. I spoke to him. He is very disappointed, of course, but looking forward to all things coming up here now. I spoke to him and he's pretty much, I'm pretty much, the first thing Mo told me was, I'm ready. Again, warning shots, I think. <laughs> Mo Salah could easily, if he starts, get a hat-trick against Leicester. Leicester are just that porous and that bad. Norwich side, Dean Smith says Josh Sargent will, uh, remains a doubt for the game against Palace. Ozan Kabak, who's the defender, and Tim Crow are also out, who's the goalkeeper. Andrew Omobamidele is short of match fitness. Lucas Rupp is set to return. Southampton side, Ralph Hasenhutl says um, Amando Bruja still needs to be assessed. Hasn't trained due to knee injury, so he could be training later today or tomorrow. That's as of, as of the time of uh, the press conference. Uh, Roy Hudson, the only ones definitely not available are Nicolas Nkulu, who is still not fit. Rob Elliott, who's still nursing a small injury. 
and Ismail Assar, who played in the AFCON. So Ismail Assar is not going to be available. Burnley signed Charlie Taylor is probably going to miss this one. He is getting closer, but I think he misses this one. Ralph Rangnick on Lingard and Cavani. They are both available and will be part of the squad for the game against Burnley. Both are top professionals. Both are training well. So no issues um, about um, Bruno in his press conference. Everton side, Ben Goffrey is expected to be out until March after subsiding a hamstring uh, tear in the FA Cup victory against Bremford. Sorry. All right. The West Ham one, um, David Moyes is hoping Antonio will be available for the visit of Watford after returning to training over the last couple of days. Masuaku and Lanzini are out injured. Newcastle, Eddie Howe says his four of, four of his five signings are fit. Ooh, exciting. Um, but Dan Byrne, who has a slight toe issue, will not be available. Um, Joel Lindsay has trained, but Paul Dummett hasn't. Matt Ritchie and Callum Wilson are out longer term. Lead side, Bamford has an injury and we can't predict when he'll return because it depends on the pain going away. So he can't, so he can start jogging again. Since the injury started, the pain hasn't gone away. Man, I'm so, I feel so bad for Bamford. Had a stellar season last year and still just nothing all this while. Just so unfortunate. When he got back, he got injured celebrating the goal after coming back from injury. Just an unfortunate, unfortunate season. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is your news for Game Week 24. Injuries, I wish you all the best. Your arms be great. I'll catch you in the next one. Goodbye.